0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a Paradox.
1: Welcome to the show. This is Josh and I am Paradox. And I am
2: Jimmy and welcome everyone to the show.
1: We hope that you're having a fantastic day. Monday for you guys. Good Friday, Good Friday for us guys. For us. A couple of weeks before you're listening, to. Hope you're having a good uh, See, Monday. See, only
2: and... y'all know whether Jesus rose from the dead or not.
1: We are still hanging in the balance.
2: Sometimes, you know, we don't know the end result of cowboy games and bowl games, so we're still so in we a little sound suspense. So we
1: like idiots before, mm-hmm. but can I get a amen on, I know my Redeemer lives. Amen. You can. You can get an amen. Whose song is that? Isn't that another 90s worship? hmm my Redeemer is faithful and true. No, no, no. I know my Redeemer he lives. Oh man. I know. Who is that? Redeemer. That... Like Nicole Norty no. or Nicole C.
2: Mullins. I think it was just someone that had gas really bad on a Wednesday night, and we're we're thinking it's something it was not. That's weird. Oh, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. All you faithful listeners out there, all three of you, please write in and tell us who that was. Mm-hmm. We can't just immediately go to Google right now.
2: Because we don't have to live in ignorance. We
1: need your, your input. Speaking of music, mm-hmm. we're talking about the polka today.
2: Yes, the protest polka. Not just any polka, not just any. Okay, so many people don't know this, but we were actually involved. Uh, we here at the table, when I say we, I mean me. We actually had the first youth group that was allowed into the former Soviet Union in like 1992. You always love to brag on yourself. Uh, me and James Thompson, mm-hmm. and he hadn't done anything in a while, so <laughs> I'll reach back to 1992. And so we—I we, don't know how, but we got—we got in. We got in six months in six months after the fall of communism.
1: Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Who am
2: I, Mister Gorbachev? Huh? That would be Reagan.
1: That was a really good Reagan.
2: No. (laughs) That was such a bad Reagan.
1: Gorbachev. No. No, That's not a good Reagan. No. Can you do a Reagan?
2: No. Gorbachev. Don't don't even really try. (laughs) Just leave it there. Just leave the Duke.
1: I could explain
2: for you trickle down economics. He was the gipper. He was the
1: great communicator. Yes, he was. So we went
2: so we took a little side inspection trip so uh, uh the travel guy and myself traveled over so we went we we stayed in moscow and we went to this restaurant to have dinner one night and there was this polka band and starring john candy and they were playing hotel california home alone reverence so it it was living it up the Hotel California, and it well, it was something, is what it <laughs> oh was. It was really Lord. good. So today we're talking about the protest polka. This all coming from Sue Johnson's book, Hold Me Tight, and her she, demon dialogue. She's the the father of what?
1: The father of lies.
2: Nope. Emotionally focused.
1: Oh. Yeah. Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy. Couples Therapy. And well, if there's... just emo- Emotionally Focused Therapy in general, but yes. I studied couples.
2: Right. When we recommend books, we're trying to tell you these are like the classics that everybody just needs to have on their shelves. And this is one of them.
1: The Bible, Toe to Toe, Fearless, and Hold Me Tight. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, Hold Me Tight really isn't in that category.
1: But several steps down.
2: Several steps down, but yes. So this is one, of, and it's not a, it's not a blatantly Christian book. However, the principles that she lays out are are stunning and fantastic. It's kind of like Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by uh, John Gottman. Uh, Again, not not a Christian book, but it's just kind of one of those essentials because it's going to head off a lot of issues at the past. And so she talks about several demon dialogues that take place in a marriage. And this one is The Protest Polka.
1: I'm more Arab. (laughs) Prince Ali and the (laughs) Sea,
2: Ali We sing way too much this season. Especially Disney. (laughs) She's talking about the protest polka. And even though it has sort of a jovial name, research has shown that couples that get into this this never-ending circle, this infinity circle, of attack-defend or attack-withdraw, don't make it to their fifth anniversaries.
1: Yeah, you think about it, which is interesting, by the way. I mean, that is through her research, people that do the, the, the protest polka don't make it to their fifth anniversary, yeah. which is not insignificant. Neither need to think of it as pursuer-withdrawer. One spouse- and it can potentially change depending upon the situation. But a lot of times it kind of sticks fairly s- stagnant. One, one person is the pursuer and the other is the withdrawer. And the pursuer pursues inappropriately. And because of that, the withdrawer, of course, pulls away from the pursuer, which makes the pursuer want to do what? Pursue
2: harder. Pursue more. Louder. Yeah. More fervently.
1: In my marriage to Katie, I've noticed that when I don't feel heard or understood... And Susan would say, Susan Johnson, the demon di- dialogue lady, would say, when you don't feel emotionally in t- tune with or yes, connected, connected with your spouse, too. so I say understanding, she's saying emotional connection. Same thing. When I don't feel like Katie understands me, I will pursue in sarcasm as well as in a hearty debate, which, of course, makes Katie want to run screaming from the room. So she withdraws.
2: And And you just figure she simply needs more information.
1: And I figure she needs more information. So let me try to slide it in there passive-aggressively through sarcasm or continue proving my point and why she's not thinking correctly. And so I am pursuing just this this jagged harshness. She's withdrawing, which makes me pursue even more. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately gets me misunderstood and a, a complete lack of connection
2: one of the things i love about sue johnson is we'll talk about okay someone gets angry and how do you do anger management and how do you have conflict resolution and she's basically saying all of this these hurt feelings this anger it all stems from a breach And this i don't want it to sound like psychobabble but just, just hang with me it's a breach of relationship it's like okay Think about times when you and your spouse—you're just golden. You're good, and you're just walking, and you're talking, and you're planning, and you're walking along a beach, and, and 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 y'all are together. It's you and your partner against the world. Y'all are great. And then when some, Katie and
1: I feel connected, we just make out all the time. You didn't list that as an
2: example. T M I old tonsil hockey. Yep. So when something happens. And your spouse says or does something you don't like that's upsetting. The thing that makes it up, this is, this is the found, this is why it's upsetting is because this person that you were in lockstep with, this person that you were walking arm in arm with together against the world, this person now may not be beside your side. It may not be you and this other, your spouse against the world. It may be you alone, even against your spouse. It's like you were abandoned. And that is an emotional wound. You feel as though this person who was supposed to be, you know, have your back, now doesn't have your back. In fact, not only is not supportive and have your back, but this person is now aggressively your adversary in some way. I love it because she talks about how human attachment relationships are the only relationship that we know on earth where any response is better than no response. And we've talked, I think we we mentioned a minute ago, we off air, whether we had done this, mentioned this before, but if we haven't, it, it applies here. The, the research where there was like a one-year-old put in a high chair and the goo-gooing, With the mom, the mother of the child, and they're just, oh, you're just so pretty. And just back and forth, back and forth. And the kid would, and then the mom would, you're just doing what you're doing with the
1: baby. By the way, make note, my Reagan is better than your goo gooing.
2: Given. Okay. I will accept that. And so then a little bit into this research study, they asked the mother to just stop responding to the infant. Not to put on a mad face or anything like that. Just stop Responding flat affect, and so the baby is still and goo goo and ah, you know, and playing, and yet, and, and the baby's getting nothing. Well, as the seconds and the minutes go by, the baby gets more and more upset and is trying more and more to get the mother to have any type of reaction and even to make eye contact, and the mother is giving them nothing. And so the longer this goes on, as the minutes go by, the baby is more and more and more trying to reconnect with the mother until the, this baby is purple in the face, squalling, and screaming, and crying. And then the researchers have the mom, okay, now re-engage, basically. And the mom doesn't do anything overt or big, just, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with my sweetie? Oh, my goodness, look at you. You're trying big old tears. And the baby, like, blinks. When you see the video, the baby kind of blinks, and then just almost instantly the the smile returns. The connection has been repaired. So there's an example of a breach of attachment, a, a breach of emotional connection.
1: Which happens in our marriages micro and macroly.
2: Yes, and... Make a board. Most of the time, our attachment and our ability to attach and how we attach is developed in infancy when we're really small. And some more research recently is showing that only 50% of the U.S. population has what's called secure attachment. And it's probably no surprise that 50% divorce rate is present in America as well. So this type of attachment is very important. Therefore, again, you say we, we fight about little things. No, we don't. We're actually fighting about really, really big things. Like, is my closest human being on this earth to me? Have they abandoned me? Have they turned on me? Do have they, they no
1: longer understand me?
2: Do they Have they left me alone? And that's something very, very big. And so this attack, defend, attack, defend, or attack and withdraw, attack and withdraw. Speaking of Easter... Over and over, in a never-ending round, he is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. We talked to Sandy Patty just last, last season. That was pretty terrible, by the way. And I almost threw that down on her. I almost did. But this, this is what this becomes, this pattern of attack and withdraw, attack and withdraw. And if you're withdrawing from my attack, I'm just going to attack more. And if you're attacking me more, I'm just going to withdraw more. That's where people tend not to last to their fifth
1: year. How did that song why, how, why did that song apply? Over and over in a never-ending uh, round, he is risen. But he is pursued and withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't. No. Nope. I thought it was interesting that Sue says obviously both spouses can pursue withdraw but on average all things being equal since women have a better built-in barometer for emotional. relational mm-hmm. yeah relational and emotional connection uh, that men simply don't have or weren't trained to have right they end up sensing the disconnect sooner so so more often than not the the wife is the pursuer and the husband is the withdrawal. Yep. Yeah. And so the wife can pursue inappropriately in criticism or blame. And the more a husband hears that, the more he's withdrawing.
2: Shut her down. And the
1: more he withdraws, she's coming with criticism. Mm-hmm. And so again, both spouses can be pursuer or withdraw, but all things being equal. Tends to... um, wives so often are the pursuer and husbands the And withdraw. again,
2: it seems like it seems like, again, just from the research, that primates like are the only ones that have this wired, aggressive response when a loved one acts like they don't exist, like the baby. The baby got very aggressive when the mom started acting like the baby didn't exist. Well, that's not true across necessarily all species, but human beings, we tend to be wired to an aggressive response when a loved one, someone that we're hanging our lives on. I mean, these people, we're not talking about the person in the butcher shop at the HEB. We're talking about this person who is our loved one. And when they act like we don't exist, it's like if you remember Egrich from Love and Respect, and he said, you know, when when a woman does not feel loved, it's like a a scuba diver and you crimp their air hose. He said, you're going to get a reaction from that. And so we tend to be the only ones. But again, it's it, we're back to that any response, any response, fellas, any response beats no response at all. You know, we think that the opposite of love is hate, but really the opposite of love is indifference, is, is bland, it's nothing. Because at that point when you've got someone who's, in, to use your words, pursuing, and then you have another one that's withdrawing or running, both of them feel abandoned. Both of them feel abandoned. The husband, again, let's generalize a little bit here. The husband feels attacked. Therefore, his partner is now his his enemy. And the woman feels like her partner just committed cowardice on the field of battle and ran off.
1: And so both. (laughs) Which isn't far from the truth. (laughs) Both feel abandoned. So, solution. I mean, simply put, and when I go over this with couples, we'll flesh this out, but pursuers have to soften their approach, their desire for connection and to move towards the spouse is great. But they do it so harshly that it's causing a negative reaction with their spouse, and so pursuers have to soften. In other words, stop your criticism. Stop your blame. When husbands become pursuer, often it's through anger. Stop your anger. And so the pursuer has to soften the approach and the withdrawer has to risk engagement.
2: You know, Gottman, again, back to Gottman, he talks about a soft startup, a soft startup. Let's say that, that you're in a relationship where this is a never-ending cycle of, of aggression and criticism and pointing out what's wrong and pointing out what needs to be different and while the other partner is running for their life. Well, if you've been at this for a while and you recognize this as a pattern... You just have to stop and say, Is what we're doing working? And again, just to, I know this is not across the board, but just let's say, ladies, is it working to see something he's done wrong and then go for the jugular? Is that work? You know, I hate to sound like Dr. Phil, but how's that working for you? And guys, how is tucking tail and running? How is that
1: working? And you can run through spending more time at work. You can run Come through now, alcohol. Now you're starting to preach. You can run through TV and sit on the couch. Pornography. So there's a lot of runs. Yeah, I get runs all the time.
2: Oh yeah, I hate when I get runs. the runs. You got to ask yourself if I keep doing the same thing the same way, expecting a different result. This isn't going to just stop. There's not guys. Your your wife is not going to one day go. Oh my gosh, you're right. I have been so wrong in my approach. Thank you for being a Christ-like example. It's not going to happen. And ladies, he's not going to just, oh my gosh, you're right. You've been reaching out to me emotionally, and I've been... So... It's not going to happen.
1: I deal with teenagers all the time where they're doing stupid things, and so their parents are purposely watching them. They're on the parents' radar. And it's reality. It's yeah. Glasser. It's, what do you want? Well, it's trust and freedom. I want... To be off their radar, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then stop doing stupid things. Then stop it. The more you do stupid things, the more, of course, they're going to watch you. Yes. Well, the more you disengage, husband, of course your wife's going to pursue yes. you inappropriately. And, and I'm so, telling you. Just engage. It goes against every fiber
2: of their being. Because when when she gets aggressive... They want to crawl in a hole, walk away, separate themselves, lock themselves in a closet, get as far away from that buzzsaw as they can get, and to tell them, no, 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 guys, actually- Them being the wives. Yes. Say, guys, you have to move toward your wife in this situation. That is so counterintuitive. When you have someone coming at you like a spider monkey, then the thought of, no, actually, I'm just going to open myself and move toward them is such an antithetical way of thinking, and yet it's exactly what's needed.
1: Well, it gets you the results you want.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: It gets the absence of criticism or blame. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa. Of course your husband's going to run away if you're sitting there, you know, like a buzzsaw criticizing. Mm-hmm. And so actually encouraging, and it doesn't mean that you can't bring critiques, but doing it in a a loving way and making sure that above and beyond any critique, you're making sure that he is respected and that you believe he's a good father or a good husband. Of course they're going to then, okay, yes, let's sit together you know, Mm -hmm. and let's watch a movie. And I'll play with the kids and I'll engage if I'm not just being hit over the head with criticism all the time. You know,
2: guys need to move forward toward even when it seems to go against your self-preservation mode. And ladies, a lot of times, you have to put reconciliation over being right. Reconciliation has to trump this, this inward satisfaction of, dang it, I was right. And if we can do that... Because you're not can, 100% right. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> so. Now,
2: your mother is, your mother is 100% <laughs> right. Isn't that right, honey? Okay. Guys, move toward even when you feel like running. And ladies, you have to prefer reconciliation. Scripture doesn't say you've been called to the ministry of being right. It says you've been called to the ministry of reconciliation.
1: But also, I I think not only do they need to pursue reconciliation over being right, but going back to plank and speck. You got a plank, wife. Yeah. And so, uh, man, it would be great as you bring criticism to your husband and making sure that he feels loved and supported, but also identifying the plank in your own eye could go right. a long way, too. And so, softening your approach, withdrawing, risking engagement, and I, we promise you, you will get the results that you're looking for in your spouse. And it's completely a surprise. It's paradoxical.
2: That that happens. Uh, we're going to be looking at some more, some some more of these demon dialogues from Sue Johnson as the as this uh, season goes along because they're pure gold. And again, recommend "Hold Me Tight," Sue Johnson. Go get it.
1: Buy it in a bundle with "Fearless" and "Toe to Toe."
2: Oh yes, if you don't have those. Forget Sue Johnson. It's
1: paradoxpodcast.com if you want more information about this episode or any previous one. You can also find us on our socials there. We would appreciate it if you share the show with friends or family or just random people on the street. And we would love it if you reviewed it, but only if you have good things to say. I was checking our Apple reviews the other day and... We
2: didn't get a negative.
1: Of course. We got some ones and some two stars now. No! And they were saying... That's impossible!
2: (laughs) What is there not to love?
1: They were saying I was expecting deeper content.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, they're at the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. I was
1: actually expecting these guys to say something meaningful. Yeah, no.
2: Yeah, they're right. Okay, we have to we have to own that one. So
1: really, only if you have something positive to say,
2: (laughs) do we want you to review it? Is there a way to delete those? No. Is there not? No. Okay. Um, We'll
1: research that. We hope you have a good rest of your day. See ya.
0: Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers, Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to JulieLylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.